best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Have a holly jolly Christmas. Do you got any Christmas music? This is Christmas music. strands of light 100 individual bulbs per strand for a grand total of 25,000 imported Italian twinkle lights Merry Christmas, and welcome to the Christmas episode of Dakota Boys Talk Movies. I'm Steven. Cue Jingle Bell Rock, and I'm Dakota Gray. <laughs> yeah, Jingle Bell Rock. Is that your favorite Christmas carol? No, it's just one I hear all the time. It is on a lot. I actually, where was I? I was at a store the other day, and I'm not exaggerating this, just I have a story to tell. They Jingle Bell Rock played instrumental, and then two songs later... The original Jingle Bell Rock play. <laughs> wow. And I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, they just got to find some, like, they're, they're, how many Christmas songs are there? And they do Jingle Bell Rock twice. Just one is instrumental, so it's different. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of crazy. But, but yes, on that note, yeah, Christmas. It's around the corner. It's around the corner. In fact, when you're listening to this, maybe Christmas is already over. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you when to listen to this. That's up to you. It's 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 your life. Just maybe just stop right now. Maybe you're just mad that I'm even telling you this. I don't know. I'm getting crazy. <laughs> That's all I know. Uh but yeah, today we thought we'd just run over a few of our Christmas movies that we enjoy, that we um think are just good ones to point out. And uh just a couple of the classics. A couple of the classics and and then we'll each try to just throw in one like, hey, you know, maybe you've never seen this. Maybe it's been a while since you've thought about that one or haven't watched it in a lot of years. Maybe you should watch it again this Christmas. So, yeah, I think with that, we'll go ahead and start with Dakota. Dakota, what was a Christmas movie that came to mind quickly for you? Uh, that would be The Immortal Scrooged. Scrooged. With a D on the end, not the... One called Scrooge with Albert Finney. That's a musical. Yeah. But the one with the D on the end with Bill Murray. It's supposed to be a play on words. Sounding kind of combining Scrooge with the word screwed. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Get it Sorry. together, man. Got Come a little on. Bit. Hey, hey. I don't know where I'm going with that. A little eggnog in here. No, I was kidding. Um, yes. little play on the words with... With uh, a guy who's like the traditional Scrooge from the Christmas Carol story, may having kind of a 
strange experience, very strange Christmas Carol version. This one is kind of weird <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah, this is a modern retelling of the classic A Christmas Carol, which was originally written in 1845 by the somewhat okay Charles Dickens. I, I would agree with that. Somewhat okay. Yeah. Because there's some of his I like. There's some that I half like and don't like some of the other parts of it. But, yeah, so I'd agree with what you just said about him <laughs> also. But, yeah, the story follows the executive at a TV network named Bill Cross. Ebenezer Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm having trouble remembering nobody, his name. They couldn't call him Ebenezer just because nobody's heard that name since 1845. <laughs> so it's like to have a guy in 1988 named Ebenezer. Yeah, that's my not... name's. I go by Eb. <laughs> like if it were like if this were a uh, uh, feature with uh, uh, wow blanking out the guy who Beverly Hills Cop. Why can't I remember his name? Judge Reinhold? No, the the main guy. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't remember his name. That's weird. I had one of those, like, just total brain farts. But, yeah, if Eddie Murphy in this, he would be Ebenezer. But he'd be like, my name's Eb. I go by Eb. Something like that. Shrek, I'm a donkey. Yes, but his name is Frank Cross. And he is, <laughs> play- <goes> back. <laughs> he is played by Bill Murray in probably, probably one of his least likable roles. Right yeah, off. well, and in a lot of ways, probably his least thought of movie. Like, it's there's a lot of people like when they're like, "Hey, what are your favorite Bill Murray's?" They'll name off five or six, but you hardly ever hear Scrooge. If you're from New York, it's probably lost in translation. <laughs> yes, it probably is. I don't know why, but a lot of New York City. It's a sophisticated movie. <laughs> seemed to like that movie, and I I don't know. It's it, it, I thought it was an okay movie, but. But yeah, this one I is I think always going to be one of my uh, favorite Christmas movies. I just I just like the message it kind of has. This movie is all over the map. It's it has some dark moments, some light moments. Uh, we meet some interesting versions of the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. One of them being slightly slightly horrifying. <laughs> One of them being bipolar, and the other is a cabbie, and that's all you need to know about him. Yeah. A cigar-smoking cabbie. <laughs> yeah. And this was directed by Richard Donner, of all people, who very seldom dabbled in comedy, although some people maybe claim that there's comedic elements to the Lethal Weapon series. There was but... certainly some comedy to uh, his Superman movie, too. Yeah. Yeah, the eccentricities of Lex Luthor and I guess some of the other things they did, yeah. Yeah, but this was like just straight-up comedy, which usually doesn't do just straight-up comedy. And so, um, yeah, but this was just one that you saw when you were a child, I'm guessing? <laughs> um, Actually, I was kind of old. I think I think I would have been about 12 when okay. I saw this. Okay. It was on TV, so this isn't exactly... Probably like- TBS. <laughs> This isn't exactly a kid uh, a movie you want to sit down and watch with your your young child, but I was kind of just bored, and I was like, "Oh, let's see what this is all about." But uh, yeah, one of my def- one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time, right here. 
has some interesting, uh, some very interesting acting from Karen Allen, Bill Murray, um, John Glover is in this. So is Carol Kane, uh, David Johansson, who, although at the time was a was actually a pretty popular comedian, he even had a a song that I think. I'm not sure where it placed on the Billboard charts, but it's actually pretty popular. Uh, kind of forgotten now, unfortunately. Uh, Elfrey Woodward was in this. Uh, had a really small part uh, from from Robert Mitchum, and I think Elfrey Woodward's been in like everything. <laughs> she's in everything. <laughs> well, she's 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 had a wide ranging career. Yeah, and she's in everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. But even Buddy Hackett shows up in this. And so Buddy does, Hackett! So does Robert, <laughs> the immortal Robert Goulet. Goulet! As well as Lee Majors in a movie within a movie, which is pretty awesome. And uh, <laughs> Pretty awesome, I like that. I'm, I'm just going to put this out there. When this movie starts and you're, you're seeing Lee Majors carrying a minigun, shooting terrorists... <laughs> And the North Pole. <laughs> don't don't panic. It's part of the movie. It's part of the movie. You yeah, are... that is how the movie opens. It's very strange. <laughs> ah, I love it though. Yeah. So that's Scrooged. Yeah. Uh, with Bill Murray. You, if you see it at the store to buy, it probably has Bill Murray on the cover making a screaming face with like a skeleton hand reaching a lighter over or something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Very very unpolitically correct because <laughs> we can't smoke in this yeah, day and age. Yeah, there's smoking on the cover of it, like a skeleton. Anyway. What um, about you, Steven? For me, my first one I'm going to go to came out the same year as Scrooged um, is one that you don't necessarily first and foremost say Christmas movie, but it takes place on Christmas Eve and the soundtrack is very much Christmassy. It's the movie Die Hard and it's a movie... Um, that's about a New York cop that they do the kind of classic fish out of water story a little bit where he is, his wife kind of left with the kids. They're not like divorced, but it was kind of like one of those things where I can't handle you. I'm leaving. Well, I think some of it was she had this career opportunity and he was so devoted to being a New York cop that he refused to leave New York. And so they have like this strained marriage, but she did ask him to come out and spend Christmas with them. And she, her career opportunity is huge. She's basically one of the top executives for, uh, this very, very successful, um, business where she basically, um, the only person above her more or less is the, the guy who owns the business, the CEO. And, this he's going and meeting her at the Christmas party she's having at his new 40-story skyscraper that he has built. It's not completely even done yet. And they're pretty high up in that having their Christmas party. And in the midst of Bruce Willis' character John McClane getting there, taking off his shoes, relaxing inside the room while they're finishing up their little raise our champagne glasses, how great we are Christmas party, snorting cocaine. <laughs> Which one guy seems to do quite often in the backgrounds. It was the 80s. It was. It happened, I guess. And uh, in the midst of that, these terrorists take over the building for what they're claiming is uh, these um, political, political reasons. And it becomes an even bigger fish out of water story for 
Bruce Willis his Bruce Willis's character John McClane in that he ends up uh being more or less a one man army in this building to try to find these terrorists and uh stop them, you know, not only from just hurting his his wife, but just all these people that are in this building and whatever nefarious things they're trying to do. And the main bad guy is played by Alan Rickman. The great Alan Rickman. Who does a really good job in this movie. Um, he's one of those guys where even when he's the villain. Which is most of the time. You still kind of want to like him. <laughs> it's really weird, but you just... I don't know. There's like a thing where you, and he's like one of those guys who's also always looked old. I mean, in this movie, he looks just as old as when he played Snape in like 2001 or whatever in the Harry Potter series. But, um, actually I think that beard actually makes him look older. Well, that definitely plays into it too. Just the fact that he has a beard, but yeah. So, I mean, most of you know, know what Die Hard is. And But what's kind of interesting about this time period is that Bruce Willis wasn't an action star yet. This was the thing that made him an action star and kind of started off his career in that direction. And, uh, yeah, it's just a really – if you haven't seen it, you know, I'd give it a shot if you like action movies in any way, sh- shape, or form. Um, definitely yeah. give it a shot. This is a guy's version of a Christmas movie, this is, by the way. This is a Christmas movie with hair on its chest. This is not your – Hallmark movie. This is uh This ain't your grandma's Christmas movie. <laughs> this ain't this ain't your grandma's Christmas movie. Yeah, this is this is uh you know what? Tonight I'm gonna let the testosterone flow. <laughs> Enjoy my Christmas here. And so that's what that's what Die Hard is. Uh what's what's really cool about this movie is that the later diehards get a little stupid. But this was back when they were still these kind of smart, tight action movies and they're and so it just makes them fun, but at the same time have that intenseness to everything that's going on. And so, yeah, for me, uh, one of my picks is definitely Die Hard. Dakota, you got, well, another, yes. got another movie to throw out there? I do, and it's a big one. You ready for it? All right, I, I think I'm ready. Ah, Maybe you should start by giving rules and see if people can figure out what you're talking about here okay (laughs) there are three rules that one boy in this movie was supposed to follow and he didn't or there wouldn't be a movie if he didn't follow no there wouldn't be a movie (laughs) that's true there's only one of these rules he pretty much does not keep keep to (laughs) and that is keeping him out of direct sunlight because apparently the mogwai very similar very similar to the the vampire in that they're allergic to the sun. But I am referring to the 1984 movie Gremlins, also known as A Boy and His Mogwai. <laughs> Is that seriously like another title for it? Or what? No, that's that's what I like calling it. A boy I, I, I do it just to throw people off. <laughs> okay. Well, it's Gremlins, Chris- another very non-traditional Christmas movie, but it does take place at Christmas time. And it does have the message of family, friendship being more important than... Mugwai. Or watching (laughs) Snow White in the theater with all your friends, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, the kind of the rundown of this movie is he ends up getting something from his dad. Yes, Uh, his father, well, his father's a traveling salesman. Uh, comes <laughs> across those anymore. 
comes across an old elderly China man. I mean, Chinese guy. I don't know what's politically correct anymore. But uh, old China man <laughs> find, finds this man in the possession of a very cute, small, adorable animal that resembles a Furby, but not quite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he he kind of the old man doesn't want to part with the Mogwai. Apparently, he doesn't feel like I'm not sure what the uh, what the uh, Chinese the Chinese word for Gaijin is, but uh, he doesn't feel like this guy uh, ha- can handle the responsibility of owning a Mogwai. So he pretty much shows him the door. Uh, this this elderly Chinese grandson, I'm guessing. Uh, kind of, kind of chases after the guy though, and right, and says, "Make me an offer," and pretty much through theft, just steals this mogwai from his grandfather. Which I think back in China they cut your hand off for that or something. <laughs> so <laughs> pretty very, much, very, very. Plus, you never dishonor the grandparents. Very strategic move by doing so. Hopefully, he you know made it to somewhere far away before that could happen, but uh. Father comes home, gives the Mogwai to his his man-child son, and hilarity ensues. Hilarity. Kind of creepy hilarity. Kind of sadistic hilarity. Very dark <laughs> hilarity. Ever since I've seen this movie, I have never been able to listen to the song. What is what is that song? Oh, uh, Do you hear what I hear? Is that the one that's in this? I'm trying to think. Yes. Uh, yeah, do you hear what I hear? That is the one. Every time I hear that song, <laughs> the hairs on the back of my neck just stand up. <laughs> You're looking around for Gizmo. Oh, <laughs> uh, go. But yes, this is uh, not even close to being a traditional horror mo- uh, horror movie. <laughs> Christmas movie. Well, it's, or a traditional horror movie either, I guess you could say. It's it's got it's kind of a quasi horror movie, you could say. But it's not it's not outright it's not anything like Black Christmas. Would nowhere. you would you put Gremlins in like like to more like Krampus just came out? Would it be more in the the vein of Krampus? I'd rather not talk about that movie. Okay, <laughs> I just didn't know if like you could put it in the category of like kind of creepy comedy Christmas type thing. Oh yes, you definitely could. That's all I meant. I don't mean you have to talk about Krampus. That's. <laughs> Just trying to give like a more for the kids, you know, give a little oh, modern okay. comparison there. So, um, yeah, but but Gremlins, uh, yeah, definitely. That's one like if you're in kind of a want to watch a very very non traditional, you wouldn't even really have to watch it at Christmas. Honestly, <laughs> same one thing with Die Hard though. One too. thing I love about this movie is it could be a Halloween movie too. Kind of like Nightmare Before Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> Ex- be. Except this one doesn't cause nightmares for years on end, <laughs> like that movie was known to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Gremlins, another one where it's it's like Die Hard, and 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 that it's just so in kind of pop culture, and you see it a lot that everybody like has at least usually anyway a familiarity with its existence, but maybe you haven't seen it. So it's another one that's one Dakota throws out there. To recommend, and I think throw it back to me, I'm going to go into the magical year of 1989 when we're right on the brink of coming into the 90s. There was a little movie that I I would 
imagine they weren't expecting to do very well. I mean, I'm guessing they probably wanted it to do well, but they probably didn't realize it would become like one of the biggest hits in the series. <laughs> but I'm referring to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. This was the third one, um, kind of in the Clark Griswold saga, which that's Chevy Chase's name in those movies. But this one feels totally different than the other two, I think, in a lot of ways. Just because John Hughes came in and wrote and produced this one. And gave it his little flair to it. Uh, but you still have the Clark Griswold. You all know where he's determined to make a great family memory. Even though he forgot the fact that his extended family is basically nuts. And so he's trying to have this traditional down-home Christmas, but he's got his wife's crazy cousin, Eddie, showing up with his family, played by Randy Quaid, of course. Um, They both have, both their sets of parents come, and their parents are kind of nutty and goofy. They have an aunt, is it Clark's aunt and uncle that show up, and he, like, has the wig and is always smoking, (laughs) and, and, you know, just, like, lights his cigar in the living room, and the tree just blows into charcoal (laughs) just just goes poof because it's like so you know tree you know real trees are notoriously dry if you don't keep water on them and it just bursts into flames and burns and and uh you know he he lights his house with twenty five thousand lights on the roof you know and all this stuff and and there's just like all these things that are like it's like relatable in an eccentric way (laughs) like everything in it is really eccentric in its relatableness and it just kind of makes it a really fun uh, Christmas movie in a lot of ways, and it's the, it's kind of like what, uh, Dakota was talking about with the previous movie, movie where it, it's kind of just leading back to even when everything completely goes down the crapper, um, you know, just to be able to still have the, the time with your family is what kind of realizes the most important thing, um, where they just need that, that even though everything. <laughs> just went terrible you know it's kind of those well we still have each other type situations and so it just kind of makes it a fun movie that again you probably all know this one because it's on like all day on one of the channels i think around christmas time christmas eve or christmas day i'm pretty sure somewhere right now this movie is playing as we speak oh yeah probably russia (laughs) no i don't definitely not north korea (laughs) so anyway that would be uh my second recommendation um, some others I have that, you know, obviously you should watch it and watch well. It's a Wonderful Life. Just a classic. You know, what's a shame? Um, watch it in black and white. Don't watch the colorized, where they tried to colorize it thing. What? There's a colorized version of yeah, this? Yeah, NBC shows it every year. What? And I think even on DVD and Blu-ray you can get the colorized version. Just don't. Just don't. It's wrong. Uh, black and white. It doesn't. What people don't understand is that. It just distracts. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Like, with movies like this, it's just distracting because um, it just wasn't filmed to be like that anyway. And just watch it for what it is. It's a really good story about a man, you know, in in just his life and, and what life means and him kind of going through the struggles that we all go through. And Roger Ebert, uh, I'm pretty sure it was him, he's called this movie a movie that gets better with age just like wine and it's and it's true where it's like it just seems like it's a movie that just progressively gets better with time i think part of it is that you're maturing also 
and you see the movie differently as you get older too. But yeah, that's a really good one if you haven't seen one. Home Alone, obviously, and Home Alone Two, great movies. <laughs> okay, the first one was great. The second one was okay. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. I mean, that's how I'd put them too. But they're still both fun to watch because, because honestly, even though the even though the second one's only okay, there's some pretty sweet like. <laughs> When Harry and Marv end up going into his there's dungeon some... of doom that he basically creates in that movie, <laughs> there's some pretty funny stuff. There's a lot of laughs in that movie. Yep. Although as you get older, you kind of say to yourself, how are these guys not dead ten oh, times over oh at my this gosh. point? Oh, yeah. There shouldn't have been a sequel. <laughs> like, basically the maybe third thing that happens to each of them in the first movie should have killed them. <laughs> Or at, le- at the very least, crippled them horribly. Yeah, crippled them, paralyzed them. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they should be dead. <laughs> they should. They should be dead. I'm gonna just say it. Not paralyzed. Dead. <laughs> I'm surprised no stuntmen on this movie were seriously hurt. Well, they add in metal sound effects <laughs> later when the thing is actually rubber. <laughs> no, but there's some uh, some falling down the stairs, falling on this concrete. True. Yeah. I mean, last last winter I fell on some concrete, and let me tell you, I'm pretty sure I blocked out there for a couple I slipped seconds. On the, I slipped on the ice today, and my left shoulder and neck are killing me. So, <laughs> so yeah, it is very painful, even when it's a little slip. So, yes, what happens to them, they should be dead. Quick. But, yeah. I think what he's telling us, folks, he needs some eggnog. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what are what are some others for you, Dakota? Oh, the Santa Claus. It's another one for us to say. Tim Allen. Ah, Santa Claus. It's classic. It is. Even if the sequels kind of... Santa just... Claus 2 is okay. It's... Santa Claus 3 is an atrocity <laughs> beyond atrocities. And uh, that's the good stuff I have to say about it. So, <laughs> Well, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, what are your others? Well... I'm kind of ashamed to admit this, but Jingle All the Way. Hey, don't feel shame. I watch it every year. It's one of those movies where you want to watch, but you kind of just kind of have to bring it up. Like, oh, you, you yeah. watch this um, movie I got here? Yeah, and what's kind of cool about, like, because we're from South Dakota, is that since it takes place in, like, the Twin Cities, like, some of the places he goes to, like, like hey, I've been there. Oh, I've been there. So that's kind of cool. Well, there's a little bit of that, but also there's the nostalgia of it's a little bit of a childhood movie for us. And, yeah. And I mean, come on. It's still Arnold, even though he's totally miscast in this movie. <laughs> it's still Arnold. and It's still kind of fun to watch him go through the stuff and say it's too about time. And uh, of course, then you got Sinbad in this. Probably, ah. probably his best performance, honestly. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, though, that's not saying much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's saying At much. the same time, though, he's just awesome. And probably, like, Phil Hartman's laziest performance, but whatever. <laughs> he's still <laughs> he's still fine in this. But a little cameo by Jim Belushi as yeah. a mall Santa. So, yeah. Jingle All the Way. It's, it's fun. It's definitely a fun movie. I mean. It's one of those movies you just kind of I mean, grew up with as a kid. Yeah, we're and... not going to sit here and tell you, like, it's got this, like, amazing caliber to it, <laughs> but. It's definitely a fun movie. Uh, another another movie from the childhood that I kind of always think of is the Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. The Richard, the one with Richard Attenborough. Oh yeah, with Sir and, Ma- and Mara Wilson plays the little girl. Yeah, Sir yeah. Richard Attenborough. I'm sorry. A lot of people give that movie a lot of um, a lot of flack 
And and to me, it's kind of undeserving. I thought they did a pretty good job at kind of bringing that into a more modern. Because you watch the old one, and really the only reason the old one is is good is more for nostalgia. Because it it's kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of, it's jumpy in certain ways. Where it doesn't really have a, f- a very good flow to it, in my opinion. Maybe that's just me and... And I don't know, maybe it's because I was introduced to it later, but I really enjoy I, Richard Attenborough. I think the other thing too is Richard Attenborough is perfect. He's like perfect at playing Chris Kringle. And this was like, I mean, he was really not doing acting a whole lot at this point. Like Steven Spielberg basically begged him to come back to acting to do Jurassic Park. And then he did this movie right after Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's right. And they're like some of the last movies he acted in. He just really wasn't acting anymore. But when he came back into these movies, he was great. He was great in Jurassic Park. He's perfect as the eccentric guy who started Jurassic Park. And he was perfect as Chris Kringle. Yeah, he definitely brought the heat for this role. Yeah, and and honestly, everyone else does pretty good in this movie. You know, like I said, Mara Wilson's the girl. Uh, Dylan McDermott. Yeah, is really good as playing a nice. He plays a nice guy in this, which you don't see him do much, and he's really good. And then Elizabeth Perkins. As uh, Mara Wilson's mother, and she plays the, uh, yeah, kind of the cynical one who brought up her daughter to be really cynical. And, yeah, yeah, that's another one. John Hughes, that's another one that John Hughes did. Really? He wrote that one also. Wow. Yep. And uh, People kind of forget that outside the 80s, he did do other things, but he doesn't kind of get credit for them? Well, I think some of it was, uh, yeah, he was just like, his 80s movies were, like, considered, like, so defining that it was, like, everyone, like, obsessed over those and kind of forgot what he did after that. Because I really liked the Dennis the Menace movie he did with Walter Matthau. You know, he wrote that, too, in 1993. And that's another one he did that's that's really good. Yeah, Miracle on 34th Street, though. That's uh, the, the 1994 one. It's a good one. Yeah, definitely. Anything else? Um, This is... It would actually be the very first Christmas movie I ever saw, and that is The Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, man. Yeah, you picked another good one. Another good one. I actually... With the great Mike O'Kane. Mike O'Kane. Yeah, I saw that one in theater. Yeah, I saw that one in theaters, too. Was it a yeah. Christmas movie for you? It was. Uh, I, I missed it. I saw it on... I'm trying to remember what it was called. What you saw Muppet Christmas Carol on? Like yeah. Oh, oh, the the laser disc. I saw it on the <laughs> laser disc. Okay, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> I think I've only ever seen two movies on laser discs in my life because my grandpa had one. I saw The River Wild. <laughs> oh, wow. With Meryl Streep and oh, uh, good David Strathairn and Kevin Bacon. And uh, what was the other one? I don't remember. It was like one I, I didn't see the whole thing because my. I wasn't supposed to be watching it. My uncle started it. I think it was like Terminator 2 or oh. but I was really young. <laughs> so, yeah. To be fair, though, back in the day, hard R-rated movies were marketed to children. Yeah, a lot of toys. Like, like hey, here's a Xenomorph toy, little kids. <laughs> Go see Alien. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was weird how they used to market movies to, to little kids. It doesn't happen so much anymore either. I miss the good old days when they sold our movies to kids and you could get RoboCop toys for your children. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol. That's another good rendition of the Christmas Carol. Michael Caine is a great Ebenezer in it. He plays really well off the Muppets. Yeah. Which I'd imagine can't be the easiest thing to do, um, believably. Yeah. You know, Very I, very few actors have been able to pull, pull it off. Pull it off believably. Yes. And that's one where, yeah, you really have to otherwise. Because, yeah. I mean, and, you know, it's Christmas Carol. The whole movie hinges on Ebenezer Scrooge's character arc. And when everybody else around him is basically Muppet. <laughs> that's that's one thing I thought was interesting about this movie, looking at it now. The Muppets, this movie was made today. It would be all about the Muppets, and you would have actual live actors just kind of in the background. Yeah, more cameo. Yeah. Right. But I like this one because they're just, it's reversed. You have, it centers on an actor. And the Muppets are all supporting your characters. Well, it's almost more, I think of it almost more as like intermingled. Yeah. Like, they're all just part of the same world and you don't really think about that one's over the other or anything, you know? It's just like, oh, he lives in a world where that's how some people look or something, you know, where they just kind of blend it. Same thing with Muppet Treasure Island. It was just kind of blended where Tim Curry was Long John Silver uh, and then everything was just kind of blended around him with, you know, the Muppets and stuff. And I like it better when... When they do that instead of, yeah. That's what made those two, I think, so good. I liked those two a lot. But I brought this up to Steven, but after thinking about the movie The Muppets Christmas Carol, it, it made me ask the question, why haven't we seen a Muppets Les Miserables? <laughs> Where is it? I think it's, I honestly think it's because you're the only one who wants to see it. No, uh, no. I just think that, I just... I just think it would go the way of how we think of Russell Crowe in the one that just came out where it's like, eh, it didn't really work. <laughs> I think I think we can make it work. We just need to, I, I, we just I need just, to believe. Okay, here we go. People, I don't know. I asked him about who would play Jean Valjean, and he said Fozzie Bear. I just, I don't know how I feel about that. I like, I think, honestly, about Jean Valjean, Rizzo the Rat. Oh, there you go. Mike mic drop right there. I think Rizzo could pull it off, and then maybe have uh, have uh, 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 I'm blanking out. Oh, the what's his name? The kind of blue unibrow eagle guy could be <laughs> could be the the police guy coming after him. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, well. There you go. So uh, hashtag Muppets Les Miserables. Uh, get that trending. See if we can get Disney to do it. <laughs> I got faith in this one, guys. Real quick, we're gonna just throw. We're gonna each just do like our kind of like forgotten, forgotten Christmas movie slash. Maybe you've never heard of it. Um, for me, it's Bob Hope's movie, The Lemon Drop Kid, from 1951. Of course, I got to do a Bob Hope movie. I did for the Scary Movie episode too. He plays a con man who, to raise some money to get out of this debt he has with a mobster, he becomes a bell ringing Santa Claus. And get some of his other sleazeball friends to ring bells with him. And they start kind of a fake charity for this. And it's just kind of a... There's a lot of funny stuff in this movie. But it also is a movie that introduced uh, Silver Bells. They wrote it for this movie. Bob Hope sang it with uh, Marilyn Maxwell. The beautiful uh, Marilyn Maxwell. Classic song. Yeah. Classic song introduced in this movie. They did a really cool way how they work it into the movie. And uh, yeah, that's mine. Just a really fun you know what I like about older the- movie. So. You know what's surprising about that movie? It could probably it could very easily be made today. 
The problem is it'd probably be made by Adam Sandler and it would just be yeah, horrible. Yeah, exactly. Or like best case, it would be like like the Lemon Drop Kid would be played by Kevin James or something. <laughs> like if it wasn't and Adam Sandler would produce or something and yeah. Yeah, it is one that could Rob, easily Rob Schneider would be one of the oh, one of the one of the friends. It is one that you could see Happy Madison doing and I really hope they never do, but it, it this one is uh it's kind of a forgotten Bob Hope one in a lot of ways, but one that I kind of grew up with and always enjoyed, yeah, obviously, especially at Christmas time because it's a re- this one. <clears throat> it's pretty Christmassy, just in the fact that there's Santas and there's a lot of Christmas music in it, and so yeah, it's a. Again, that's kind of my just kind of quick, maybe forgotten one. It's one that you, if you ever want to see it, I don't know unless you find a pirated one on YouTube. Um, DVD is about the only way you're going to get this one, probably. Yeah, let's let's not condone piracy. We're not, we're not condoning piracy. I'm just saying that like somebody might have done that. I doubt it, but yeah, it's one you probably just have to find a DVD. That's how I have it is DVD. Dakota, what's your uh, forgotten gem? <laughs> I don't know if uh, we could call this one a gem, but I certainly find it amusing. It is the 1992 movie, The Ref. The Ref with Dennis Leary and Kevin Spacey and Judy Davis before Kevin Spacey, you know, was on House of Cards and when Judy Davis had a career. I don't know. You don't see her much anymore. <laughs> so, And when Dennis Leary was a believable leading man. <laughs> when Dennis Leary cussed like a <laughs> sailor. So, yeah. Yeah, um, that was kind of that was kind of part of his whole comedy act. He would just swear. And- <laughs> An insanely amount of swearing in his in his act. So what is the synopsis of the ref? Well, this cat burglar finds out about a score. Played by Dennis Leary. Pretty much pretty much just laying there waiting to be taken by the by the right person. So he breaks into this house. Apparently it's not uh it's not as uh the house is more well guarded than he fi- he finds out. Uh, he he meets a uh, lovely Doberman <laughs> who has a taste for flesh, played by the beautiful Spike. <laughs> <laughs> I think the dog's name is Butcher, actually. <laughs> but uh, but uh, he manages to escape the house with the loot, and he actually ends up uh, he ends up uh, taking hostage this married couple that is going through. Just uh, just a horrible time in their marriage. And he takes them home, ties them up, uh, finds out that said couple has their extended family en route. And even though they can't stand them, uh, particularly uh, the mother of the husband, who is just, just, an old, just a horrible old shrew. Uh, Which... Uh- I was kind of looking at the cast. Was it Glennis Johns? Is that who yeah. plays it? Um, which she's been around in movies for forever. I mean, she she starred in a movie with Danny Kaye back in the 50s. Wow. Back in the 50s. But then I know, I mean, some of you probably know her as the kooky grandma and while you were sleeping and <laughs> things like that. But, yeah, she's been in movies for forever. Yeah. Oh, she was the mom in Mary Poppins. Yeah. yeah. She's uh. I wouldn't say she's comedic in this, but she's just so over over the top. You can't help but thank God you don't know somebody like this. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so pretty much our 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 burglar 
uh, decides to uh, let this uh, let the night go on as it's supposed to. He thinks that uh, once it's said and done, he could just rush the family out the door after dinner, and he can escape, and nobody will know the wiser until somebody finds uh, this family in the morning tied up, unharmed, because he doesn't need violence. <laughs> if you're a cat burglar, usually that's kind of your your MO, is that you try to do clean, clean burgles where it's not messy with hurting and bloody and things like that. So, okay. So very, very rarely is a Dennis Leary character described as clean. I think that's the first. Well, not necessarily clean mouth, <laughs> but, um, so, okay. The ref. So that's another one, uh, for you guys to check out besides some of our others. And so just a quick rundown. Uh, my main ones talked about were die hard national Lampoon's classification and my kind of forgotten gym lemon drop kid with Bob hope. Dakota, what were your three? My three were Scrooged, a boy and his Mogwai, also known as Gremlins. Okay. Yeah, that's what I call it. Get over it. <laughs> and the ref. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, those are just some one, some that we enjoy, especially at Christmas time. Um, Something I should point out now: the ref is actually on Netflix. Yes, and so if is, you're interested. So as I believe Christmas Vacation, maybe some of these, well, you find that anywhere, really. But, um, yeah, whether you watch these movies or not, um, we're sure you have ones you enjoy watching every year. These are just our opinions. And, uh, yeah, or if you don't watch any movies, that's fine. We just hope you have a joyous Christmas season, have a good time, and even when you are with family that you don't necessarily like being around, that, hey, you make the best of it because – you know, it's like a comedian I once heard said, uh, you hate him at Thanksgiving and Christmas, but you'll still cry at their funeral. So <laughs> so remember, keep that in mind that try to get along. But we hope you do have a good Christmas. And so, yeah, this is Steven. And this is Dakota. Merry Christmas. And God bless us, everyone. Boy, Clarence.